Doing something for the first time is wild. And when you think of the outdoors, it's inherently wild. I think the most important thing for me is sharing an activity, sharing what I love with people that have not experienced that or have some kind of barrier related to it. The magic of being able to create that bond, that connection with an activity, a person, a place, that's special. Welcome in another episode of Sincerely Yours Outdoors. Uh, me and the broski again with a special guest. Yes. Really, really happy for the homie <laughs> to be here today. Um, I guess I can just set the scene. Like, we're in Ascend. I guess our second home. Again, I feel like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Point Breeze location in the yoga room. Uh, we're not doing yoga, though. Um, we're just kicking it with the homie. So mm -hmm. here with Karima. This is the quietest moment of my day. <laughs> and I'm really no enjoying joke. it. <laughs> I was going to say, I've actually seen things today, and I'm like, this is probably the most peaceful it's ever been. Yep, today. this yeah. is it. I'm <laughs> going to relish in this moment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, Karima, um, introduce yourself. We turn this over to you to introduce however you see best fit and however you'd like to. So. All right. Uh, my name is Karima Batts. I am from Brooklyn, New York, uh, born and raised in New York City. And I am the founder of Adaptive Climbing Group, which is a 100% volunteer-run nonprofit organization that helps people with disabilities get access to the sport of climbing in ice, rock, and competition, and anything else we can possibly put in there if we can help. Um, and, you know, a primary focus is, you know, we're just trying to increase the accessibility and making sure that people with disabilities in the sport are treated as you know the athletes that they are um and also trying to push forward leadership in that in that way too and try to like kind of create those instances where you know people with disabilities are you know ones leading the charge and their access to the sport as well um but also you know i have many layers i'm like an onion like shrek <laughs> and i do a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah. i just kind of i always tell sisters i go well, how do you i'm a seat filler I, I sit in the seat and i try to set a space and a foundation for a lot of things that i find um interesting and, and equity and access and um you know just try to help where i can really you know wherever that might be in the outdoor industry i think because it's evolved over the time. I'm just like, sure, I could figure out how to do that too. And so I just kind of, yeah. a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was able to see you lead and facilitate and provide that voice, which was so beautiful today. So I just want to give you kudos on that. Like, thanks for doing that. In cool, space. I love telling people off. So. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm like, hey, why isn't this trail accessible? You could be better, do more. <laughs> Sorry, it's sort of, in, that, in my head it sounded like that. I don't know if that's what came out for my voice, but in my head it sounded like that's what I was doing. <laughs> it's, it's so necessary for, sure. uh, for that and that voice to be heard. So yeah. that's what drives forward change. So so oh. thank you for, for being a steward of that. Oh, cool. Thanks. I like getting invited to, to cool meetings, talking to state representatives to like just kind of give a different perspective. And I think more than anything, I'm just trying to help people think differently. I'm not telling people what to do. I feel like I want them to come to that answer on their own to give them the tools to do so because creating ownership of something is just so important in any way, whether it's in service of yourself or others. I, d I don't want to 
jump off of that because I, I want to circle back <laughs> to that. But we do want to just, you know, set the groundwork. Like, yep. Karima, what are you vibing to? What are you enjoying? Like, we try to make sure that this space is culturally aware. Yep. Like, we interview black and brown people that uh, love the outdoors inherently or have an affinity to it. But we also want to bring that culture piece back into it. So, like, what are you vibing to? I know that you Can were, I be honest you were kicking with you? it to Lizzo with a, a little was, bit of <laughs> You know what? I'm not over Lizzo at all. <laughs> I might be over going to concerts because I'm like, I've, I've been doing this for, like, before she was popular. Like, nobody even knows that, like... You were the stand, the OG stand. I am definitely OG stand. <laughs> I'm OG before stand when the shows were free and I'm, like, randomly in Ohio somewhere. Yeah. And so when I'm, tra I've traveled so much for work and usually by myself, after the sessions and the summits and the, and the outdoor trips are done, I'm just like by myself in some room somewhere. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I'm bored, I ate dinner, so now what do I do? And so I'll search, you know, and see what local band anywhere. Yeah. And I've discovered a lot of artists that I love even now that are on my playlist that some you know and some you don't know. I've been following them around the country for years. Some of them even like know me and I'm like, Oh, hey, bassist of, you know, I don't I don't know if I should name drop in this like. <laughs> we won't free game. If you have someone in your uh, playlist, like, we won't free game. People don't, um, there's this climber who plays for Macklemore and is on tour for Macklemore, and he's been a climber for years. So I've known him before that. And then um, I know some of the band members are taking the bangers now. And then <laughs> actually the hairstylist of Lizzo still I'll like send her a message, hey, I'm here at the show, and she'll like come out the side of the stage and like do our usual selfie. Cause like she's OG too with, the, with Lizzo. And so like I actually know the people surrounding the artists a lot because they've just seen me in these random tours yeah. of free shows before yeah. anybody knew that they existed. <laughs> so that is. Um, I love music. Uh, I will karaoke, drunk or sober. Um, <laughs> indoors, though. outdoors, I don't care. I'm that only person at the climbing competition when our U.S. team, like, wins a medal and, you know, they start playing, like, the, the United States. I'm the one who will sing to the top of our lungs. We all know one anthem. person like that. That one person I'm at the climbing competition. I, I am that chick. That is me. Um, as far as outdoors, I have to tell you the downside of being an administrator and facilitating for others is I do not get to personally enjoy the outdoors as much as I used to. Um, but I did, I did like make a, a dedication to like get more into ice climbing over the last two years. So I was able to take at least a couple of personal ice climbing trips. And I, I like literally don't let <laughs> athletes or anybody know I'm going most of the time. I think I, I posted one because it was with my friend um, Vasu, who's a skier with North Face, another amputee, and he had like this outdoor inclusion project in Montana. And then they were like, oh, what? Why didn't you tell us? And I didn't want to be like, well, I just needed something for myself. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. like yeah. me and my friends, and I just wanted to try this thing out and not feel the pressures of being someone like weighing a community, you know? And then a lot of times, it's kind of the weirdest thing, it's like, if you lead something in climbing, everybody is like waiting for you to climb. So they're like mm -hmm. staring at you and like waiting for you to participate so they could say they've done this thing with you. Yeah. And, and it feels almost like, well, then it's not for me anymore at that point. So if I do go out and I do climb and I do like really participate hard, I actually don't tell a lot of people that I'm doing it. 
because I went through this process of like trying to create community and kind of you kind of feel like like I'm not even a part of it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm outside of yeah. this community I created and I'm watching other people enjoy having a good time with yeah. each other and feeling in a safe space with each other. Yeah. So it's kind of like a weird place to be in. I mean, you gotta you gotta fill your cup before filling others, you know. And, and yeah, I tell people and so all the I'm time. trying to like find that balance, yep. you know, like wanting to be with my team but kind of not at the yep. same time. It's like sometimes I'm like, I really want to be invited to go out with you guys, but then I'm also like someone who is a provider, and so then I'm always gonna feel like I'm at work. Yeah, you know, yep. I feel like I'm in the role of a provider instead of one of a participant. Even if I was invited, like, I'll be like, oh, okay, hey, Karina, why don't you run up one? We've got all our participants climbing. And I'm like, I don't feel like I want to do it because it doesn't, I don't know. It just <laughs> it feels like I'm still at work. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, uh, later, you know, like, it's really weird. It's like being the chef at a Thanksgiving dinner and you spend all day in this kitchen staring at this food, cooking this food to be the best food ever. And then when it's like, hey, why aren't you going to fix you a plate? All of a sudden, you're, like, not hungry for some reason. Mm. But you should be. You should yeah, be yeah. wanting to eat all of this food. But you just spent all day with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, in an unenjoyable way, yeah. right? Like, cutting the, you yeah. know, and then, like, now you don't want to do it. And then you find yourself eating a plate later after everybody's yeah. eaten. Yeah. Does anybody and ever recognize hits. that? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it hits you like, yeah, yeah. man, I really did good on this. This is some good ass sweet potatoes. Yeah. I did that. Yes. But you're enjoying it quietly in private yeah. somewhere. Sure. So that is how I would explain my experience. And that is a <laughs> really good way of like encapsulating that. Because oh, I think I, I experienced that a couple of times too. And I tell people, um, even in the previous episodes, that I'm selfish with you know my my time um, as I run and as I run adjacently and train people, it's like, I have to be on in this work kind of capacity, just as you alluded to. It's like, but I can run elsewhere um, or I can do have my own time where I can be selfish and just like consume it as I need to. Yeah, I'm like trying to find in my schedule, like when to plan my outdoor climbing, which climbing guide I'm gonna hit up and be like on a Wednesday. Like now, dude, when we do our trips, like even in the summit that we're at today, we're at the Climbing Wall Association Summit And I only went once before, which was last year. And then, you know, having our booth and like being there, I have not walked across and saw all the exhibitors yet Mm -hmm. because I cannot move. I cannot leave the space because everybody's like, hey, 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 hey. And I'm like, man, I just want to eat this sandwich. I want to like sit down. I want to like go see what the other brands are doing and, I, you know, not that partnerships aren't great and not that paraclimbers don't need it. I'm like passing on some stuff to my friends who are running stuff for paraclimbing that I'm like making those connections. and I'm about to pass on a lot of great opportunities. But like at the same time, I just didn't get a chance to really enjoy being in the space that I was in because I am playing that role. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of a lot of great conversation here. I, I did want to just ask uh, specifically, like, what was that beautiful moment for you outdoors? I mean, I think of me and Derek have shared previously around our first experiences and how uh, we didn't think of it as a big deal when our grandfather pitched a tent in our backyard for the first time. But for me, that's literally my job now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's turned into my passion and my love. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that it 
turn into the passion and the love, but I feel like no, I no. Know I mean, I, I feel like I'm you, doing a lot of complaining, but I also love what oh, I do. Oh, I know. Too. I, oh, I, totally. I know you but do. when so someone asks me about my personal experience in the outdoors, it's like. I'm like, wow, when was that last time we did something that wasn't a part of this program? Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. Yeah. that's the part that I, I have a hard time yeah. finding the moments because, yeah, I don't, I don't think I do much outside of the program that's just like mine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last thing I did was going ice climbing in Montana in December where I could say I did an outdoor thing that had nothing to do with any sort of community work or access work or anything. Yeah. That's how long it's been, where I took a trip, you know, for myself, by myself, with my friends. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. that's sincerely a lot. And even when I, even when my team is like, oh, we got this, you can go off. I feel like I can't because I'm like, the event's still happening. I can't just go off and do things for myself. My brain, my brain won't allow me to yeah. like, really do that it's kind of bad yeah. <laughs> i'm working through it i really am seriously that's the balance you know mm-hmm. of uh, of passion and, and continuing to work within that yeah it's finding that balance to sustain mm-hmm. uh, that passion for you uh marcus mentioned kind of like the origin like where did climbing start for you you know personally um, what i was uh as a young adult cancer survivor I was, um, you know, going through treatment, going through um, different types of treatment, some self-treating, not incredibly healthy, right? Um, Some therapy as well. Um, And um, a young woman who was uh, going through another round of chemo, you know, we all visit each other. You know, if I was finished with my round, I'm in my healthy portion of my month. Mm-hmm. And we go, you know, hey, how you doing? Oh, I heard Amy is going through another round of this new. I'm going to go check her out, see how she's feeling, you know, how she's doing. And while I was doing that, she was showing me, like, videos and pictures of her getting to go kayaking. And I was like, yo, they let you go out and do stuff because they're, like, afraid we prick our finger, we'll bleed out, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So um, they're like, yeah, it's just this, you know, program that, like, takes you outside and you can do all these trips and they have scholarships and things like that. And so I signed up for a scholarship. They had like a list of these outdoor excursions. And, and um, I was going through a, a very depressive time in my life where I was dealing with, you know, like body dysmorphia. So I had become an amputee. Not only was I trying to learn how to move through space again, but also dealing with how people perceived me as a person with a disability all of a sudden as mm-hmm. well. And um, I was definitely day drinking a lot um, and just not having a lot of healthy practices um, and feeling that everyone surrounding me is part of the depression. Not that people like, I I think it's very important that people understand that like sometimes you have to be taken out of a situation to be better to assess the situation. And I probably didn't even realize how far gone I had had been until I went on that outdoor experience to like be in another space, not surrounded by family and friends and your house and all of these things, you know? Um, And really pushing your personal self um, to do something outside of your realm even before you became a person with a disability, before you became a cancer survivor. Um, And so I did something that old or new Karima had never done before. Um, And it definitely put me in another space mentally, 
Um, it gave me a, a sense of triumph um, because, you know, I think that's something what's innate about really being outdoors. Climbing is you get to a point where you can't hear anyone sometimes. You could just hear your breath. Yep. You can hear your feet scrape against the rock. You can hear your gear clanking. <laughs> and that's it. And you can't think about whether or not you left the stove on or how much gas is in your car. There's no space for it there, yep. you know? Um, so it forces you, someone like me, whose mind never stops to stop, mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's what's awesome about it. You're giving me chills. I'm like, <laughs> yo, that was my, that's the same feeling I get when I'm outside climbing. It's like so emotional and innate connection to a rock. Yeah. It just makes you shut the brain off. Even off. hiking, I, 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 I will do that because like the climbing accessibility is a little bit harder, especially if I, you know, prefer ropes yep. when I'm outdoors. So I might not always have someone to go out with, but I will take the drive up. It's about an hour and a half, maybe two hours, go to the gunks where there is climbing and maybe just walking the trails even. Mm -hmm. Just walking the trails is so great for me. I'll make a little plan, go to Harriman State Park, do the South Trail up in Tuxedo yeah. or something like that. And that's like about, I don't know, six, six or seven miles. And that's enough for me. Maybe I'll stop, maybe I'll decide to stop at the lean to and I want just a little bit more time and I'll stay overnight. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then get up and go the, you know, the downhill part of that trail in the morning. Um, and so like, and I'll do that without, I won't tell anybody, cause I can't, yeah. <laughs> I just can't tell anybody. Once in a blue moon, if you like, you because if someone's to look at my social media, they would never think I went outside, and I think I need that kind of privacy sometimes. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I think at this point in my career, I need that kind of privacy. For sure, and that's we had referenced it at one point. It's similar to to my experience outside. Is like I'm in this odd phase where even Derek referenced it. I was going out and doing all of these things and being selfish about them, and like capturing these moments, video or still photography and saying like, this is so innate and close to me. I'm never gonna share it with anyone. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like kind of going in and out of that phase now. Like I said, I have a trip that I'm looking forward to skiing in Chile in September. And I'm like, I'm just going similar to what you'd reference. Shut everything off. Just like, let me be one with a space again. I think also when you become an advocate, people will just constantly want to see you put out For sure. content yep. in regards to that. Um, and I try to, you know, make what I'm putting out about myself about myself. Mm. I've seen how other people have to feel this force of sharing, you know, mm -hmm. once they get to a certain point. And so, you know, I try to keep everything like, okay, adaptive climbing group over here. And Karima's over here. Um, Karima likes to wear cute clothes. Karima likes music and plants. And, yep. you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? For Not sure. that I never post anything about, like, paraclimbing, but you would look through my Instagram and you wouldn't even know I spent any time outdoors. And I think for someone who works in, because in, it's different when you recreate, mm -hmm. but when, you, it be, when your passion becomes your job, you start to lose that balance of whether or not you're doing this for yourself or for the people you feel inund inundated to assist. And you want to assist, but then, you know, 
you don't want to become so burnt out that you hate it now. Mm -hmm. Like you don't even want to yeah. go anywhere. You don't want to do anything. And there was a point, I think, after the fourth year, I think, of the 11, that I was kind of feeling that way. And I think I did boxing for like two years or something like that. I think this was like 2015 to 17, maybe, actually. Yeah, I was I was taking boxing classes like three or four times a week. And I think I was punching people for sure. That was <laughs> definitely just visualizing. And I liked the high intensity type of stuff. I'm more of like a burst than a marathon. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think I like doing a big hard climb route or like yeah. doing a quick sprint run or like, and then slowing down. And then <laughs> slowing down. I like, I like that kind of sort of movement. Um, it really invigorates me and kind of like raises the endorphin levels for me. And so that was my trend. I even brought other climbers in there to take classes nice. with me in New York. I was like, Ashma, you here? Hey, Kai, you want to take a boxing class? <laughs> like yeah. a lot of climbers from my climbing gym. I remember I had like a birthday boxing party and there was just a bunch of climbers in there. <laughs> yeah. They were like, my legs hurt. And I was like, yeah, because y'all not using them. So. <laughs> You know, they hike to the crag and that's yeah. it, you know, oh, for it. And they're like, it's so funny because, you know, that particular sport, you're put in a permanent squatting position almost. Yeah. Your legs are always bent and you're moving forward with your body power. And the, and the, that part of our body as as climbers, if you notice, everybody looks like inverted triangles after after a certain mm -hmm. point. So their legs are not getting that sort of like yeah. muscular use. And so everybody's legs are burning for days after like one class. <laughs> Boxing will do and it. And they're like, maybe we should be incorporating weighted, weighted squats into our climbs. Will that do anything? Maybe we'll do more dynamic moves that way. <laughs> like, let's, um, let's work on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to be conscious of your time because I definitely want you to climb. Mm -hmm. today yep. so uh we definitely like to wrap up with with two questions sure uh one free reign to shout out whoever whatever you want to shout out like if yeah. it is uh your organization or you know anyone that you want to represent within the space i want to shout out um i want to shout out my entire team i want to shout out in my entire paraclimbing community and all its allies which are very intersectional there are a group of people here who are not paid to be here that have been running this booth for CWA for three days and figuring out what time I'm supposed to be places and telling me. So, like, <laughs> you know, all they got was a free CWA ticket and a bed, and they're, like, working their butts off. And then all of the folks doing our weekly programming right now, every day, coming up with great ideas, yelling at me when they disagree with me, keep yelling at me when you disagree with me. It's the only way I'm going to learn. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's totally fine. We'll have yell matches as long as at the end we're doing the work. I really don't care. Um, and I'm also shouting out anyone who is brave enough to speak their truth. Mm. Like, literally say how they're feeling in the moment, what they like, what they don't like, because that is what helps all of us become better people. Agreed. I agree. I don't want to gas you up, but this last question is a big one. Um, the future of climbing. The future of climbing. And you can take that from a, I mean, we're at a consumer, well, yeah. uh, what? The a future of the show, sport, right? You can go sport, you can go... The, feature, the future of the sport is, is up for grabs. That's what it is. From a lot of different realms. You know, speaking, coming from just coming from a competition, 
And then, you know, I'm the person in the background. My athletes get to literally concentrate on the, ath the athletic part of that moment or the athletic part of that competition, but I'm, you know, in the five-year room planning stuff that's going around. And a lot of times I think some of my teams don't even understand why I'm doing the things I'm doing or making the decisions I'm making. Sometimes I don't like them or how I'm, you know, moving. And then later on they're like, oh, this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I worked on that two years ago. That's why yeah. this is here right now for today, you yeah. know. Um, and I think that what people don't realize right now is that this sport literally can go anywhere. It is, when I say it's up for grabs, I mean it's up for grabs. Like wherever you sit in this sport, climbing gym owner, athlete, outdoors, this is the period of time where which you are going to shape the sport for the next 25 years. This is like, another evolution, like a generational evolution, because now we're seeing all of these legends who are now about 60 mm -hmm. are now taking the back seats. They're retiring. What are you going to do, millennials and Gen Zers? You guys are now the persons in charge or becoming the next person in charge. What are you going to do with that? It's up for grabs. And do you have advice for those people? Everything I said before. <laughs> Speak Rewind. Speak your Rewind truth. Rewind that Rewind. Yeah. Rewind. Start from the I top. I mean, also, I, I do have one, like the instant generation. I call the instant generation is anyone who became famous in the outdoors in 2020 mm. due to their Instagram following. <laughs> yeah. And because things happen and move so fast digitally, People feel that in real life in the world it should do so the same. Mm. And because it passes in front of your screen and disappears, they think that's how systems work too. Or that they should work. We should all burn it down. And I'm like, okay, but then what's the foundation after we burn down the system that doesn't work? Do you actually have a plan of action? Do you understand if you get rid of something completely without something to replace it that actually works and is integrated through a system that already has an existence in play for 100 years that you're going to mess up the thing that you're trying to create, right? Like, it has to be interwoven foundationally so that it can have sustainability to exist beyond the moment, you know? Um, and so that's something that I'm, like, really advocating around these last three years. Yeah. Extremely. That's cool. gold. Yeah. We should wrap on that. Yeah. <laughs> that is going to be a wrap. For sure. Thanks for all the love. Thanks, Karima. For, thanks for thank being here. Thank you for having me. All right, so let me put on my climbing leg. Let's yeah, go. Let's get it. Peace. Yes. <laughs>